This is the KNAC Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? The off-season has begun. Yes, it has. So, uh, it's been a fun season. Fun playoffs. Disappointing. Uh, outcome of course but it's, it was adventurous historic regular season and a very disappointing postseason um i've like i said in the beginning i felt that anything that was short of a stanley cup final berth um or a very good eastern conference final series i felt like would be a letdown and i think that's how most hurricanes fans feel i feel like that's how the players feel if you watch the exit interviews or got snippets of it i mean aho clearly is not happy he talked about letting his anger fuel his offseason prep for next year so i hope that means you will get aho playing even better next season um but yeah disappointing disappointing end to the year um, and I believe that this off season, I know last year, you know, everyone said it's going to be one of the most influential off, you know, one of the most important off seasons to, to date. And now I think this one will, will be the most important off season of Don Waddell's tenure as general manager, um, and Tom Dundon's ownership of the organization. Uh, I would, uh, agree with that statement. And, uh, for you of those who is, who are listening, uh, we're going to be doing a uh, two-part uh, review of this t- team. Uh, one, uh, this episode in particular, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the individual players and kind of the contract status of them. Um, we'll probably be talking about more on the players with expiring contracts, obviously. Uh, we might touch a little bit on the people um, uh, who do have contracts to see if those are good value contracts. And the next week we'll be talking about the team more as a whole. And um, one thing to know about this episode, though, is that you'll be hearing a little bit less of just me and Sam talking because we're going to be having Adam Gold on um, here shortly. Yep, Adam Gold will be coming back on to give his takes on what Carolina needs to do this offseason. We're excited. He's coming back on. Um, we're looking forward to his takes and um, seeing what he has to say about probably the most important offseason in, in Hurricanes' recent history. Yes. So um, let's start with the uh, forwards because I think this is going to be very interesting. Um, obviously, the most paid player is Sebastian Ajo. Uh, I, I mean, like... He, he's getting paid around $8.46 million for the next two years. I think that's a pretty good contract overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is what it is. That wasn't a contract that we made. That was the Canadians' offer sheet that we matched. So, yeah. And, I mean, really, just the players that we have on, on contract for the next several years or for this next season – you know, I mean, Tara Vinans looks very good at 5.4. That's a very team-friendly contract. Jordan Stahl's only got one more year left at 6. Some might argue that's too high, but it's just one more year. And what he brings to the team is, honestly, I mean, it's 
it's worth that for at least one more season, especially as your captain. Um, the only contract that really is under for next season that some might have take issue with would be yes, Barry coat um contract at almost 5 million AAV a year at 4.820. Um, a lot of discussions on the internet have been talking about this offer sheet, whether it was good and it's, convenient because it started right when we got eliminated yeah. so I, yeah and i think it's a i th- i personally think that it was the right decision to make the offer sheet you got a good solid player who did decently in the regular season but at toward you know the last half he kind of disappeared um in the playoffs he kind of disappeared so you would like to hope you know he's a young kid and if he does turn into that second line center this contract becomes a steal if he doesn't develop into that, this contract becomes similar to the Alexander Simmons contract that just gobbled up cap and didn't didn't really manifest into that, right? But let's assume, you know, maybe he becomes your third line center. Well, it's still more it's still cheaper than Jordan Stahl, six million. Exactly. So I feel the chances of this contract working out are, are high um for the organization just because of where he'll probably slot. He won't be your first line center. That's that's Aho, and then you have Kokinemi, um, who right now would be probably your number two center, um, which makes no me else, a little no bit else nervous because con- right now there's nobody else under contract for it. So you have Kokinemi, you have Aho, Kokinemi, Stahl, and I think that's pretty much it. Martino can play center. He's done it a little bit. So, but those are it. your primary centers, though, mm-hmm. and your top three, and then you sign, or you can. Well, Jack Jury probably becomes your fourth fourth line center, maybe. Um, and again, he, my guess with Brenda Moore is that he, he he could become your fourth line center. Um, I would like for him to be on potentially a third line, but um. The real wild card here, and I think we're going to be talking about him a little bit more, is KK. Because when the fans have seen him play, especially during the playoffs, and if if he's projected to be a top six player, you're worried as a Canes fan. Because he hasn't really shown to be a top six. Now, when given more minutes, especially during the season, he's proven it. Which, to me... um, goes uh in my argument against those uh people online i'd say oh that offer sheet wasn't worth it it hamstrung them in the trade deadline i think with any player regardless if you're going to offer sheet someone you're going to have to pay more for what they are valued at yeah you have to overpay you know montreal thought they did that with aho with well they really didn't feel like they overpaid with aho they felt like they we're taking advantage of a cheap owner who wouldn't pay most of it up front and signing bonuses. Well, that's not the case. And Tom Dunn said, hold my beer. Yeah, pretty much. So Tom, Tom Dundon was like, no, we're going to go ahead and match that. And they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Kokinemi's deal, it's eight years, right? So he's young. So the odds of him growing into this contract, I, I think are, are, are good. Even if he ends up being nothing more than a third line center, 
I think, you know, he's going to play well. I would love to see him succeed in that second line. You've seen him play up on the first line this year. He did well. He's pretty much played up and down the lineup where he's been the least successful, surprisingly, has been on the fourth line, which is concerning because the fourth line at one point was Kotkaniemi, Natchez, and either Martin Oak, Stepan, or Lawrence. It was a combination of that. Yes. And that line should take advantage of other teams' fourth lines. And they absolutely did not do that. Because I'll be very clear, that line is so much better than any fourth or third line that the Rangers were going to throw at you. They should have outskilled any line that the Rangers throw at you. They should have outskilled any line. Yeah. Any line that Boston threw out at you. They did not do that. They absolutely did not do that. And that's why that's one of the big reasons that Carolina got eliminated that and you're also your top players didn't score. So not only did your bottom six not do their job, but your top six didn't do their job. Goaltending, not a problem. People, you know, I've I heard a couple, I've heard some that said, you know, Auntie Ranta wasn't good. And I'm like, well, you you must not have watched the same games that I did because Auntie Ranta was absolutely fantastic. Oh, except he was. in game six of the Rangers series. That was the only game Ranta was not good. Antti Ranta was great. Kochetkov was good when he did have to relieve in the Boston series. Not so much in the Rangers series, but he's young. I'm not about to put much blame on him. Um, and, you know, it's going to be good to see Anderson playing next year and Ranta, because you know those are going to be your goalies. I would be very surprised if they chose to move one in in lieu of having Kochetkov up as your backup i feel they really want kochetkov to get a full season as a starter i would in chicago or b as too. the 1a 1b with it with um etumek and yemi who are very two very good prospect goaltenders so i think that's kind of what carolina is looking at down the down the pipeline and goal our goaltending is very very solid i think for for years to come uh same here those two goalies have been playing excellent in chicago um i can't remember uh last night if Kochetkov played his first game with Chicago, did he? I think so. Kochetkov, I think, actually has been playing in the playoffs, and he's done very, 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 very well. <laughs> so Kochetkov is well on his way to potentially winning, you know, a, a championship in, in Chicago, which would be good for him. You know, I think he will be one of the bright stars of this organization coming. You know, we haven't had a goalie that you could say is your franchise goalie since Cam Ward. I think Kochetkov could be that. Um, I think Etu Makinyemi could be that. They're both very good. Exactly. It's yeah. just really which one does, which one comes into that role first, I think, will take it. Because I think they're both potential that starting goalies. Yes. At the least. Um another player um that I think um that I want to talk about. Um we um Let's start with a restricted free agent in um, Stephen Lawrence. We haven't talked about him a lot. I think you can sign him for a cheap contract. I don't think he's going to be asking for much. No, you give him a low, maybe close to league minimum, no more than $1 million, I think, a year. If he wants more, you say bye-bye, because I think you can get better. And then you can use your, your minor league pool, which you have a lot of really good players who can come play up. For sure. I mean, you got Drak Jury, Dominic Bach, Ryan Suzuki, Jamison Reese. All those players are going to want to make a shot. And if, you know, Lawrence thinks he's earned more 
and you don't want to pay it, you don't have to because you got a lot of good young players that are on entry level deals who are ready to make the jump this year. So yeah, Lawrence, if you want something cheap, it's a good veteran, you know, veteran ish presence on that on that fourth line for whoever comes up. If you have young guys coming up, you know, um, he's expendable. Yeah, he is expendable because what you get in him, you can get with other players too. So. You know, I feel like Lawrence and Jack Drury's games are similar, except Jack Drury's more skilled. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, if you want to go with Lawrence, fine. I think anything over a million dollars is too much for him. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how that turns out. Um, That's not really a player that I'm super um, concerned with, but uh, another RFA. This is this is a big play right here, Marty Natchez. And what's funny in the uh, uh, with him being an RFA is that during the exit interviews, um, both him and Brendan Moore and Brendan Moore revealed this that they had a conversation about trust. To me, that is a big red flag. It's like my employer coming up to me. Talking about trust. Because, I mean, th- these players, they get paid. It's a job. So, um, I think it's a red flag. Uh, what what do you think about that, Sam? I don't think Marty Natchez is a Carolina Hurricane next year. And I think that's it. And, and I'm going to compare him to another player that I think it's a similar situation, right? Where the trust factor came in and just what Rod thought of a player. Rod Rendemore and Jeff Skinner did not get along. They, they did not. No, they Jeff didn't. Skinner um, and Rod were were there wasn't much there. It just fact there wasn't. That's why Jeff Skinner left. I love Jeff Skinner. Always have. Always will. He's one of my favorite players. Um, who have worn a Hurricane jersey. He's been. He's great. He's actually had a really good year this year. But him and Rod Brendamore, they did not. They did not work well together. It just wasn't working. There wasn't that trust factor there. There wasn't that belief that Jeff Skinner could work harder than what he was giving the organization. So. They said goodbye. Then you have Marty Natchez, I think is similar, where you have a very skilled player where Rod just, there is no trust there anymore. And that's not, you know, that's Natchez's fault. He had a very bad year. Very bad year. I think he had, I think, one or two points less than he did the year before, and he played a lot more games. So that's unacceptable, especially in the kind of skill, the kind of speed, the kind of level you expect him to be at, right? So, does Marty Natchez come back? I don't think so. My thought process here is you use him, picks, whatever. You send him out to bring in a top six score. That's what you need. And if that player's older, that player's older. You're looking to win a cup. You're not looking to build up your your talent pool. So, you want to send out Natchez? You send Natchez out. You send Natchez out and you try and bring in a player who you feel can score goals. You know... You have Aho, cool, but he's not a 40-50 goal scorer. You bring in someone you feel can do that. And it doesn't have to be someone who did it last year. That's The Rangers didn't do that. They got Chris Kreider. He did, yeah, this is his first year scoring that kind of that kind of number. So you can do that. You go out and find a player you feel that's what you're going to get from him. And that's what you do with Natchez. Because you're going to look for a team who might be looking to build up their talent pool, build up their younger players who aren't really ready to win a cup, but they have players who are ready to win a cup. And who do score at that level. So, you know, you have to make that call. 
Yeah, you do. Um, what's interesting, though, is Elliot Friedman reported uh, yesterday about the situation with Netris. And he said that the contract demands are a little rich and uh, and that teams are circling in on him. So there's value with this guy, which makes sense. He's 23 years old. He got 40 points. I do think there's quite a bit of value there for Netris. I kind of think it's possible as well that he gets offer sheeted. I do. I think he's going to be the number one target of an offer sheet. And if I'm Carolina, if that offer sheet includes a first-round draft pick that you're getting back, you say okay and move on. <laughs> like that's a just that, think if it's Montreal. Well, I'll take a Montreal <laughs> first-round draft pick. Good gracious day, they're not going to be good next year. Yeah. So I mean, especially if Carey Price doesn't come back. So yeah, if Montreal wants to offer sheet already anxious, they can have him. We get a first-round pick from Montreal next year. Deal. So, you know, I'm look, if if this comes out where you can't trade him, but he gets offer sheeted, you, you know, you let him take him. You take the because it's going to cost them. You know, I think honestly, anything less than six million Carolina off matches. I do anything because um, no, no team is going to offer him an eight by eight. And if they no. do, you let them take him for eight by eight and take your picks. So, you know. If that's the case, if someone like a New Jersey Devils or a Coyotes feel like Natchez is going to be that number one guy in your organization and they want to offer him an 8x8 because they know we won't match, you take the picks. You take the picks and you can use them to flip to bring in a player maybe at the deadline, maybe before the deadline. You can It gives you assets to trade, but not to keep. I don't think... It would be you can't just use Natchez to acquire draft picks and then utilize the draft picks to draft the player. No, that that pick needs to turn into a player who's going to score you goals. Exactly. Now, now not later, but now. And everybody agrees, especially after um, the way the series ended against the Rangers. This team needs a top goal scorer, um, and and maybe you can package Lawrence. Uh, or at least the return for Lawrence into getting a goal scorer. If he, not just my bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, I think if we do resign Natchez, I think it's going to be two year deal, a bridge deal, uh, around like maybe three million is why I think he doesn't. Three and he and hasn't half. earned any more. Yeah, than that, he had a very poor, poor year. You know, Svechnikov didn't have a great year, but he still produced to a degree where Natchez did not do that at all. Yeah, he, he didn't. Produced, and when he and he was a turnover machine. Almost every game, you were guaranteed Natchez would turn the puck over at a horrific time and cost the team something in the process. So, yeah, I don't think Natchez is a hurricane. I don't think Natchez is a hurricane next year. I really, really, really don't. But I also said John Klingberg would be a hurricane. So what do I know? Same here. Um, I do agree with you. I think he's gone too. Another uh, player I want to talk about, uh, he's going to be UFA. I think you and I pretty much think he's going to be uh, gone because I think you and I think he was a pure rental, and that is Max Domi. I could see them bringing him back for the right price. Really? I think, it'll de- I, I think so because I think Rod Brindamore liked him. And I think you get – you get some grit from Domi. So if you can bring him in at around maybe two, three million a year for a one or two year deal, the answer is yes. Anything more, the answer is no. The thing is about a lot of these players, they want to play in Carolina now. Max Which is Domi great. wants to play in Carolina. 
So I can see Max Domi, but I honestly think, and I've kind of evolved over time about this between, you know, Max, because the three free are UFAs that I'm kind of where I'm not sure what will happen are Domi, Nina Ryder, and Trocek, right? Of the three, my guess is that Nina Ryder comes back at a discount. I don't expect Nina Ryder to make huge dollars. I expect us to keep him. I expect Nina Nina Ryder to stay in Carolina. See, I expect Trocek to stay, but honestly, it's 50-50. I do think Trocek performed maybe a little bit better in the playoffs than Nina Ryder, in my opinion, of course. Um, Yours might be different, which is completely fine. But those two players, I don't know. I I really think Nina Ryder comes back because of what he brought to the table with the stall line. I think that's just so important to Rob Renamore to keep that line intact. So I think if they're prioritizing a player, it's Nina Ryder, because I do believe the organization, you know, with Dundon, Waddell, Tolski, Renamore, they believe in, um, they believe in getting, uh, that defensive line together. They want to keep it together in Nina Ryder, Stahl and Fast, right? And I truly believe they also expect Trocek, I mean, um, Kotkin Yemi to take over at number two. So I think in their mind, Trocek is expendable and they're only going to offer him something that, you know, Elliot Friedman talked about that too, that Carolina offers what's fair and no more. That's usually kind of how they go. And I expect that to kind of be the case as they will offer what is fair to Trocek in their mind and no more. So if Trocek wants to stay in Carolina, he'll have to take a pay cut. And I don't think he's going to want to take a pay cut. Well, yeah, we'll see with those two players because it's really hard to. And I think I saw something with Trocek that Detroit and Vancouver are interested. Really? Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, I think a a player like Trocek going to either Vancouver or Detroit will actually, will push their, push their, um, would push, I think, either of those teams into a playoff contention for a wild card spot in their respective divisions. He is a center, so centers usually are worth a little bit more Mm -hmm. in the NHL than wingers are with Niederreiter. So we'll see. I noticed a player that you did not talk about is Derek Stepan. Because I don't know. I actually don't know what happens here uh, with with Derek Stepan. I think he wants to come back. Um, I think you bring him back at a good price. I think he's a good player to have. But... I think you have to keep in mind, are you going to get more skill? You know, you can't forget about Jack Drury. You can't forget about Jameson Reese and a lot of these other players and your minors who are ready to go and might be more skilled than Derek Stepan. Stepan was great. If you can bring him back at league minimum, you bring him back at league minimum. Other than that, I think you have to go with Jack Drury because I don't want to make the same mistake where I love Jordan Martinook, but I mean, Martinook's under contract at 1.8. And they almost always put him in the play and and play where this year I felt like Stepan was better than Martinook, but I'm not going to pay both of them the same amount of money where one's always benched or coming in and out of the lineup. And I know this was actually a hard year for Stepan having to do that. So I think I might lean toward him leaving because I don't see, I don't see a spot for him next year, depending on how the off season goes. So if he plays, it's going to be mostly on the fourth line. Yes, and I don't think he wants to be in and out, so he might want to go somewhere where he plays consistently. Yes, so we mainly talked about the forwards, uh, the defensemen. Um, I one player I do want to talk about. He's under contract. Do you think Jalen Chatfield is going to be a top six defenseman? I think yes. I think he is going to be given the shot. 
He, I think so, because I think the plan is Ian Cole or Brendan Smith are going to go away. I think one of them doesn't resign, but I think one of them does resign. So I think you keep either Cole or Smith next year. I think Ethan Bear goes bye-bye. I don't expect him to stay here at all. I don't think he's going to want to play here again. I don't think he's happy with how things turned out in Carolina. That's his own fault. Again, he didn't play very well. Um, and then I do believe Tony D'Angelo gets a contract. Yes. I, just, I think that's all I really need to say about that. He gets a contract. He'll take a team-friendly contract as well. He said in his press conference that you don't hear a whole lot, but he talked about loyalty and that Carolina gave him a chance and he's loyal to, to he's loyal to teams that are willing to take, you know, they took a chance on him. And we did. We took a chance on him. So I think he comes back. I think he comes back at a – I think it'll be a long-term deal. And I think the benefit of that is it shores up your offensive – it shores up your power play quarterback for the next, I think, between six to eight years. You have Svechnikov for the next eight. You have Kokinyemi. Well, I guess seven now. You have Kokinyemi for the next eight. I mean, you have a really good young team and a good young core. But I, I expect D'Angelo to get extended long-term. Yes, after uh, hearing him in the exit interview, he's the guy that I could really see taking a pay cut, um, in a realistic standpoint too. Because I mean, well, he I mean, talked about that loyalty. too. He'll uh, get he a pay is. raise, but a pay cut as in what his market value would be, right? Because he did better than Dougie, who makes nine. I think we'll pay him about six or seven, and he'll stay. Yes, and I think with both Waddell and Dundon, I don't. I don't know how they feel about paying a defenseman that big of money uh, when it comes to um, $9 million. I don't know where if they'd be willing if to give that much Jacob money. If you're not paying Jacob Slavin $9 million, you're not going to pay anybody else $9 million. Ex- yeah. Jacob Slavin, of anyone on the team that deserves nine of on defense, it's Slavin. And then I guess when it comes to goaltending, you're solid there because Anderson and Ronta both under contract next year. The only question, like I said before, is if Etu Makinyemi, Pyotr Kachetkov, do you decide one of them is ready and you move out? It would be it would be Auntie Ronta. But I don't think that's the case. I think that's a fringe thinking idea. So Ronta and Anderson will be your starting goalies next year. And then you'll have Etu Makinyemi and Pyotr Kachetkov will be your 1A, 1B, I expect, in Chicago, who will, I think, at the year after that, I think will be, you know, your backup and your starter in Carolina. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of questions for the Hurricanes going into this offseason. And now you guys are going to be hearing uh, what um, Sam's conversation with Adam Gold here. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, well, we'd like to welcome Adam Gold back to the podcast, host of the Adam Gold Show, Monday through Friday, noon to three, and one of our favorite podcasts, the Canes Corner Podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us again. Hold one second. Oh, I have it on. Sorry about that. You're fine. If you want to start over again, you can start over. Oh, no, we're good. It's always fun to have a little bit of a... Little couple takes in here. Every no, that's quite all right. So, um, what do you think about this off season? Do you have any kind of a? It's. I think it's going to be the, one of the most important off seasons, probably, of Don Waddell's tenure. Well, I mean, um, uh, it's kind of like last year's off season. They're they're going to replace a big piece, maybe multiple big pieces. Um, I thought going into last season, last this past off season. 
Uh, and I said this, that there could be anywhere from, what, eight to 10 new faces. And I think we were pretty close to that number. I don't remember exactly what the number was, but it was a lot. And I think we're going to see seven, eight, nine new piece, new faces just on the everyday roster next year. They won't replace both goalies. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Trocek, Niederreiter, Stepan, Domi, Cole, Smith, maybe Bear, maybe Natchez. I mean, is it going to be a lot of new faces in the everyday lineup next year? And, you know, the core has got to stay the same. Core will stay the same. But uh, there's a lot of uh, the, the, the Trocek, Niederreiter, I, I, I don't know how I forgot D'Angelo. Uh, D'Angelo pieces there, those are three major pieces. And I think it's more likely that none come back than even two come back. What do you think? Who do you think if you were to prioritize a single individual coming back next season, who do you think that would be? Well, I mean, it's D'Angelo. Yeah, that's, I, was, I, think, I would agree. I mean, but that might be the most difficult of all of them. I mean, honestly, I not that it would be easy to move on from uh, Trocek or Niederreiter. I just don't see a way short of those guys accepting two-year deals and they won't, they shouldn't. Uh, those guys are not coming back. Um, D'Angelo can come back on a multi-year deal. I think the Hurricanes would be interested in a multi-year deal, but I doubt they'd be interested in that deal for a number that D'Angelo would accept. So I don't know if they view him as a legitimate first pair. I mean, he's not a legitimate first pair defenseman. He's just playing with Slavin right now because they didn't really have a better option. Ethan Bear got for the lack of uh, uh, lack of a better you know terminology, he just sort of got COVIDed out of the season, and from the time he got COVID on the West Coast for, to the end of the year, he was even when he got back in the lineup, he was rarely impactful. I mean, he had some good moments, but those were so spare sparingly. It just, he ultimately, we saw what happened at the end of the year. I mean, it was Smith and Cole. And if you couldn't get in the lineup ahead of Brendan Smith and he couldn't, then that's a problem. So the hurricanes, they intended Ethan bear to play that spot. Yeah. That was the, that was the plan all along. And I don't know if they'd have been any better, but they intended that for that to be bear. And like they might bring back bear, but it's going to be on a very minor deal. Um, but the D'Angelo thing, I think if it's, I don't know that it'll be more than say, say four times or I don't think it'll be more than four over four times four. I don't. And I don't see D'Angelo accepting that. I see him taking it to arbitration. And maybe the Hurricanes will just accept the arbitration award on a one-year deal and make him do it again. But I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's a tough offseason because you've only got about $20 million to work with. 
That's actually a lot <laughs> um, because they're not working around. They're not w- looking at big numbers for anybody. I mean, and that's what I have on my list is uh, about 20. And that includes Jake Gardner on the team. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with Gardner. I mean, it's very possible that Jake Gardner is on a third pair for them mm-hmm. next year. And that Gardner is the guy that runs the power play with D'Angelo elsewhere. I mean, I think that's a real possibility that the Hurricanes do what they can to find a um, a first pair right shot defenseman uh, or somebody that can play both sides, right or left shot. And that Bear and Gardner are your third pair. I mean, I think there's every chance that that's that might even be more likely than D'Angelo coming back uh, on a deal that's amenable to both sides. Um, but I have him with 20 million roughly to spend. And that includes having D- Gardner on your, uh, on your roster. So I don't know, but I think they've got, they've got some, I think they have some flexibility uh, and it all depends on what they want to do with Natchez um, and what, what bear gets as an RFA. Uh, do they want to bring Domi back? Uh, he's a UFA. I mean, if Max Domi is playing on your third line, then that's all right. He's not that good. I don't think he's that good. Um, but I think he can play on a third third line. He's a bottom six winger for me. Um, but, you know, if Max Domi was on your team, as long as he doesn't have to play in a top six role, I think you're all right. Do you feel that... So this 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 playoffs the issue became the offense dried up and it kind of was that way at the last bit of the season the offense kind of dried up last half of the season just about yeah I mean you you talked about often on on your podcast about Natchez only scoring like one or two goals in great many games he I don't think he yeah. had a goal in the playoffs maybe one but I no don't think he did. no goals no goals for Natchez no goals for Kokaniemi. So do you feel that, and, and I've not seen Carolina really do this arguably since, I guess, Simmon, and that's even a maybe going after a pure goal scorer. Do you think Carolina should do that this offseason? Maybe take a run at if they hit the UFA market, Goudreau or Forsberg? Uh, well, Forsberg is going to be a, uh, he's going to be a UFA. I don't know if, if I'm Nashville. I'm not letting it get to the market. You just have to make sure he stays. Um, I'm also not sure that Philip Forsberg's a pure goal scorer. I think he's a really good player. I think he'd make you better, but he's a center. Mm. Right? I mean, is there room in the middle for another center? And um, unless he's willing to play the wing, and he might be, then I just don't see that as an option. Goudreau would be an option, uh, and he is a pure goal scorer. Uh, and I wouldn't hate Johnny Goudreau on my team. Um, but I also remember Johnny Goudreau last year and the year before, which were not awesome. Johnny Goudreau this year was, and I always wo- I always worry about the, the walk years and what that means. Um, but I would go after a goal scorer. I would absolutely go after somebody who can score a bunch of goals uh, because 
the the hurricanes too let, let, let's even pare it down the hurricanes three best four best returning offensive players Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen, and Jarvis. I'm not sure the best goal scorer out of those four isn't Jarvis. Aho Aho's a great player. And I, I love Sebastian Aho. Um, he's he's in everything. He does everything. Uh, and I've kind of joked that he's sort of like gumbo, where you just don't realize how good he is. and It just grows on you. Oh, okay. He's somebody you got to see day after day after day. He doesn't generally take games over offensively. Um, he's played more physical this year, which is good. Um, but hes I don't think he's a natural goal scorer. I think he's just a great player who constantly puts himself in position to score goals. Um, and he's kind of, he needs the volume. Svechnikov, I don't know what to make of it yet. I don't know if he's uh, a goal scorer that, has been snake bit by bad luck, or if he's just not quite that. Um, he had a really, a, a, in terms of his production, kind of a down last third of the season, last 33 games, 20, 22 points over the rest of the, over the regular season. So you can't be a 0.67 point a game guy. If you're Andre Svechnikov, you got to be a point a game guy. He plays like somebody who should be a point a game. Uh, but the hot streaks haven't been sustained enough. Yeah. Um, so, but again, you know, just completed his fourth full year in the NHL. He's clearly not, you know, Kaprizov or some of these other guys that come over and immediately light it up. He's a different player. He's more of a, you know, he really is more of a traditional power forward. Um. So I don't I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I wish I wish I knew wish I knew that Andre was going to get there because it is year four. Um, I know he needs to stay out of the penalty box more, at least the silly penalties. I mean, I just if we exchanged every silly stick foul for a roughing, I think I'd be okay with it. Uh, but the silly stick fouls we got to be done with. Um, Tara Vinen is exactly who he is. Tara, I got no zero praise. Not really a goal scorer, although he can. Yeah. Um, he actually reminds me more of Corey Stillman as a hurricane uh, in that really smart uh, can score, but is really much more suited to setting up everybody else. Jarvis, I think is the most natural finisher on the team. Um, and I'm not sure Natchez isn't either. Although this was just, excuse me, this was just a bad year, just all around. The the step even if he even if he maintained the status quo from last year, that would have been good. I mean, it would have been a little bit concerning because you want young guys to take steps forward. But I mean, the last thirty five games of last year were so good for Natchez that you just oh man he can, he's going to be a sixty point guy, sixty sixty five point guy, especially with the opportunity he was going to get. Went the other way. I mean, it was just a dreadful year. I mean, he was more like a 35-point guy. So it's going to – his contract, if they don't move him, and even though they think he has value, I'm not sure. He doesn't have the value he should 
uh, even as a former first round pick. Um, I actually think it's more likely than not that he's on the team next year because I don't think they're just going to give him away. He's not going to be an added piece to a bigger deal um, because I think you're giving away somebody who really should be better. Um, I know he said he wanted to play center. I don't see where he's going to play center barring an injury. Um, but I guess going back to your answer, your question, yes, they need a goal scorer. Uh, and I think they have the wherewithal to go get one, although I think it'll be part of a trade. I don't think the free agent market and the Carolina Hurricanes do not mesh. They just don't. The, when was the last in the Tom Dundon era? When was the last, the good, the big free agent they signed? And the answer is yes, per Faust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Faust, and I guess maybe Art Anderson. Really? Freddie? Okay, yeah, Freddie Anderson. Good point. Um, um, and, and who knows what – and they have sort of been laying the groundwork for Anderson for a long time. They have been, like, kind of going after him for a while, uh, trying to get him from Toronto for a while. So – yeah, and that worked out really well for Carolina, I think, better than a lot of people have given him or Ronta credit for. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know how – I think it's somewhat – I'm not going to say it's easy, but playing goal behind the way the Hurricanes play with as good as Slavin, Pesci, to a slightly lesser extent, Shea, are defensively in the way Carolina plays play. This is the way it was phrased to me by um, a front office official in the NHL uh, who can't play well behind Carolina's. He's not talking about the, their decor, but their defense, their team defense that they make it. So there are a bunch of giveaways, but, they make it easy on goaltenders, which is why Nedeljkovic looks so good. Mrazek looks so good. McElhinney looks so good. I mean, other than Scott Darling, like every goalie in the last four years has looked good playing behind Carolina's team. So uh, who knows? So if you were to, you know, you're going into the offseason, is there a certain player that you think should be targeted a certain, even, if, I mean, current, who's on our team that should be, other than Tony D'Angelo, that should be the number one priority for this organization to, to really target. I mean, you've got a lot of UFAs coming out. Um, Carolina's got some good players that they might want to bring back in Nina Ryder and Trocek. Do you maybe say goodbye to Trocek and Nina Ryder and maybe look at what else is available on UFA that might be similar, maybe older, more experienced? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't, I haven't scanned the available UFAs. Um, I don't think Trocek or Nita Ryder is coming back. I think Nito is going to get a four or five year deal elsewhere. Like I said at the beginning, if those guys are willing to come back on a two year deal, here's the thing. Um, and this is why I don't believe the UFA, uh, is where they're going to go. Um, this, I believe that they're looking at this, uh, their roster construction, and they're saying two years from now, we need to have um, salary cap flexibility. Ajo's up in two years. Yep. Vinen is up in two years. Pesci is up in two years. Jarvis 
is done with his entry level in two years. So just those four guys in two years. And the the Ajo, I mean, it's not going to go up that much because it's already at 8.4 or something. Uh, So even if it goes to nine and a half, Teravine is at 5.4. That number is going to be bigger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it goes to 6.5. Pesci's at four. Pesci's going to go to five, five, maybe six, depending on, you know, what he does offensively over the next couple of years. Jarvis is going to go from under one to eight. Yeah. So uh, they've, that's why I don't believe they'll sign an unrestricted free agent unless it's a two-year deal. So if Nino wants to come back on 10 over two, uh, which is fine, maybe that's fair. Um, they could probably fit that in. Maybe he will, uh, but he's also 29. Uh, same thing with Trocek. You know, these guys are, you know, the Hurricanes are not going to give them long-term deals uh, regardless of, you know, if it's a two in this two-year window because it's tricky to give somebody a five-year deal when they're approaching 30. Yeah. And so it's, so I don't believe they'll be in the UFA market. I really don't. Uh, UFAs really haven't done this anyway for, uh, you know, haven't been a, a Hurricanes thing. So I think they'll do everything that they can do through trades. And that's fair. I got no problem with that. Um, they've got some prospects. Jack Drury will be here next year. Yeah. Maybe Jamison Reese, although Jamison Reese to me is uh, more of a depth guy at this point. He'd have to prove that he's better than that. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't think they'll do UFAs though. Okay. Do you think Jack Drury is the best young guy that we have in the pipeline? Yes. <laughs> uh the best young non-goalie uh actually honestly i'll just say i think he's the best player that they have uh in their pipeline uh i think jack jury is a bona fide nhl center i think that he'll probably start on their fourth line um i don't i it would not surprise me a bit if by the middle of the season, he looks more like a second center to them. I just think that his smarts are next level. Just know he just, you could tell you could, he, he, he's going to need to get a little bit bigger. He's about six foot. He's going to need to get a little stronger. Um, but he knows how to play. Absolutely knows how to play. Um, after two years at Harvard, he went over to Sweden during the pandemic uh, and in a men's league, um, he and in a league where you don't score a lot, it's very defensive. Um, I think he was third in the in their rookie of the year voting, um, and he was at about two like point six seven points a game. I think, if I recall correctly, I love I love Jack Drury. I think Drury is going to be um, a, easily a top nine forward in the uh, in the NHL right away. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how they, how they deploy him. But, uh, yeah, I love, I love jury. I don't even know. They've got some defensive prospects. I know they really like Morrow, the, uh, their first pick, even he was a second rounder. Uh, they like him a lot, Scott Morrow. 
Um, and he had a good year, his first year at, uh, I think it was BU. Um, so we'll see, but I me mean, still in college. So I'm going to end on a player that I think just has a lot more question marks around him than in anybody else who's on a contract and Jake Gardner. Um, you know, you just, you didn't hear a lot about him over the season. He was hurt all year, unfortunately for him. Um, what do you think that that looks like? I know I've seen a lot of, a lot of people think uh, no matter he's not playing another game with Carolina, they're going to try to move the contract personally. I know I might be more in the minority where I think I would rather have him almost over Ethan Bear quarterbacking that second power play unit. Well, he might be on the first power play unit if they have him. Um, yeah. I don't think Jake Gardner has been that good for four years. So I think that Gardner was sort of meant to, made to look better by his surroundings then the Hurricanes did the deal with him. Um, I, I'm, I'm not – he's not my guy. Yeah. Uh, he's no, not as good a skater as he used to be. And maybe the back and the hip surgery have corrected that, and he's back to what he used to be. But, man, that's like five years ago. I think if, uh, if Jake Gardner is on the team, it's only because they couldn't move the contract. I think they're going to try everything they can to move the contract. Uh, I don't see anybody taking that contract uh, unless Carolina is going to take a contract back. So a few years ago, they traded Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter. Niederreiter was mired on a fourth line with Minnesota. Victor Rask was mired on a fourth line with Carolina. They just swapped what we thought were bad contracts. Nino worked out here. Victor Rask is now in Seattle. So. I don't um I don't I don't portend a great future for Gardner with Carolina now. If they can't move him, I don't think they're gonna buy him out. Although I guess theoretically they could, but Dundon doesn't want to buy anybody out. Um they simply might send him to the minor leagues. Might put him through waivers, see if anybody wants to claim him. I don't think anybody will. Um, and they might just send him to the minor leagues, and then it'll be up to Gardner whether or not he wants to report to the minor leagues or go home. And if he wants to forfeit the money, he can forfeit the money. But I think that's the, to me, that's the most likely scenario, uh, unless they decide to see what they can get out of him. Maybe they, maybe they bring him to training camp and they let him try. Uh, and he plays however many preseason games they're going to play. And then Carolina says, right, well, no good or good. And then we'll uh, we'll go from there. But my guess is that they're going to do everything they can to make sure Gardner's not on the team next year. Uh, it just didn't work out. I don't, again, to me, I thought it was a bad signing when they made it. Mm. And I'm not sure he was really hurt uh, his first year. I think we saw Jake Gardner in year one, and that's what he is. That's what he had left. He might have gotten hurt last year, but I think in year one we saw Jake Gardner, and it wasn't great. Do you feel that a team maybe like Arizona might be might be convinced to take the contract if we send them like a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick, whatever nah. they would like? Nah. <laughs> I mean, Arizona's going to try and get better. 
I mean, Jay, t- taking Carolina, yeah, if you gave Carol, you're not going to give him a fourth round pick. Uh, they might take the contract if you also gave them Martin Natchez. <laughs> I mean, which, I mean, they might trade. I've joked around enough. They might try to trade Natchez to Arizona anyway. I think the Hurricanes might try to get Jacob Chikram. Uh, although my my intel tells me that they're not that high on Jacob Chikram. I don't know who they're high on, to be honest. Um, uh, they... Who knows? But I, I, nobody's taking Jake Gardner off your hands. Nobody's doing you a favor. I, I plus, you know, maybe it's not a popular opinion. I don't think anybody's going to do this organization a favor. Um, hmm. based on the offer sheet. Honestly, I don't think. I think that has reverberations around the league. It's a good, perfectly legal move that Carolina made, and they did it right if they want the player. Yeah. Um, see, that's what I thought you were going to ask me about. Oh, well, no, uh, that was, very, that was... very Coke and Yemi, but yeah, I mean, you know, Coke and Yemi, I've been, I don't know. I feel like his contract has potential to be good. And then it has potential to maybe end up like Alexander Semen where it's dead weight. I think it could really go either way. Um, well, I think it's, um, I think it's either an amazing contract or it's a terrible contract. And that, and when I say that, not because he's overpaid. Um, I mean, I think at the very least, he's going to be a, a solid third-line center. That, I mean, I, to me, I think that's his base, is where he can be a 3C. It's a big body. Uh, I think he's getting better in the face-off circle, all of that. Um, so if he's a legitimate second center – meaning he's in a 55 to 60 point, you know, 55 to 65 point range, then 4.8 million is a bargain for the next eight years. But if he's a third center and he's closer to 40, 45 points, then it's a terrible contract because there's no reason it had to be eight years. Like people made too much of my criticism of the Victor Rask contract which was six times four wasn't the money. Yeah. 4 million seemed appropriate for Victor Rask. There was just no reason it had to be six years. Like, I just don't think people understand that. Yeah. Like the, if you paid Kokanee Emmy 5 million a year for three years, that makes more sense to me mm-hmm. because then you're not, it's, it's not an albatross stretching out over, you know, X amount of years. But if you decide, if he if he turns out to be just okay, then nobody's taking that off your hands. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's taking, we all were, we're obligated to this guy for five more years? Hell no. So it's a great deal if he out, if he plays better than the 4.8 million and it's a bad deal if he's, basically just worth the contract it just didn't need to you know didn't need to be eight years that's my point and then i guess i'll end with this because you you kind of mentioned the offer sheet do you think natchez gets offer sheet you think that's likely does a team take a run at him uh i think the hurricanes wouldn't hate it if the if if a team made a run at martin natchez because they would take the draft pick back yeah (laughs) um i absolutely would do that they would take that draft pick So um, if the offer sheet is in the range of what Kokaniemi got 
on the one year from Carolina, then yes. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to do it. <laughs> I think teams are going to try and get Natchez from Carolina, but I don't think they're going to offer much for him. I think they're going to take uh, kind of gamble on Carolina dumping him. I'm not sure they will. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, I think it's more likely that Natchez is back on a uh, on a low cost two year deal. I don't think it'll be one. I think it'll uh, I think it'll be two. And if I had to guess, if they could do um, seven over two, two and a half, four and a half. Yeah, I think that would be. They still have control after that. I could see that being the case for Martin Natchez. And then he doesn't have to worry about this being a contract year. Uh, it's every is every possibility, every uh, you know, every chance that this year had something to do with the fact that he was playing for a contract and maybe trying too hard, just like Svechnikov the year before. Yeah. So we'll see. He's got he's got loads of talent. He just needs to learn how to use the middle of the ice. Yeah, I agree. Totally Without being an off season, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to it. And yep. an interesting 25th anniversary season next year. Yes, yes. Uh, looking forward to that. Should be fun. I'll, uh, we have we have a few a, a bunch of things kind of uh, planned and in the works for next season. At the start of next season, um, I moved down here during their first year. It was in February of their first year, but I got here in February of '98. Uh, they made the playoffs that year. And uh, should be uh, should be a very interesting first year, uh, you know, 25th, 25th anniversary year. Oh, yeah. We're excited about it. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, sir, thank you. And everyone listening, uh, highly recommend the Canes Corner podcast again. Oh, it's one thank of you. our favorites. Definitely check it out um, after every Hurricanes game. Uh, yeah, we don't even have, have any games now. So uh, but they're but they're still coming. We have uh, we have a bunch more to do. We haven't even done a postmortem yet. We did a what happened in the series, what happened, blah blah blah. But we haven't even talked about like a lot of the things that you and I just talked about. So um, yeah, there's a lot to get into over the next uh, several weeks, and they'll be coming out probably once a week, every ten days or so uh, between now and the you know training and the you know the draft and all that. So we got a lot, a lot more to do. Well, I can promise you we're going to listen to it, and I know our thank listeners you. are going to listen to it too. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us again. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime.